This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk. This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is sponsored by BT, because BT means business. BT knows that businesses come in many shapes, sizes and guises, from the person just starting out at their kitchen table to the biggest employer, which is why no matter what line of work you're in, they've got your back to help you succeed and do what you do best. No doubt connectivity is a must in Westminster, and it certainly helped us to get this episode created and distributed to you listening right now. BT already connects more than 1 million businesses and public sector organisations, offering secure and reliable connectivity. Nearly three quarters of people running a business or side hustle feel they couldn't do so without reliable broadband and mobile connectivity. That's why having connectivity you can count on is a must for business, whether it be facilitating multiple devices being connected at once or making team calls or guest Wi-Fi access for customers. BT's connectivity helps keep you and your customers happy. Whatever your business, BT's got your back. Search BT's got your back. This is the Red Box Politics Podcast from The Times. Hello and welcome to the Red Box Politics Podcast from The Times. I'm Matt Chorley. This is part two of our special look back over the year so far... Joining me in the studio, Jan Ravens, the impressionist from Spitting Image and Dead Ringers, Times sketch writer and diarist Patrick Kidd, and Times cartoonist Peter Brooks. I wanted to uh, just test you on whether or not you've been paying attention on the political year so far with a small quiz. Uh, Sasha, who's been working on Red Box this week, has written uh, a quiz for you, so I wanted to test you. Just shout out the answers and I'll attempt to... Uh, keep I'm going to do very badly score. here compared to you <coughs> So then here we go uh, What kind of four-legged animal were cabinet ministers accused of being when Theresa May was urged to sack them? They were testosterone fueled animals It was on the front page of the Times I normally skip straight to the cartoon <laughs> <laughs> Donkeys was the answer Donkeys. to that one It was even my story, I can't believe you didn't my story yeah. uh, Which Tory MP had his own 80s style pop song as part of his campaign video? Oh, who was that guy? Oh, he was a big lumpen thing what, Who was it? <laughs> It wasn't Greg Knight. Greg Knight is the right answer. Well done, Patrick. That's a a score on the board. Um, What did Theresa May say was the naughtiest thing she'd ever done? Oh, right. There we are. That's been the the punchline to several (laughs) jokes. (laughs) Lots of jokes. Uh, What breed of dog did Tim Varon invite us to smell? Spaniel. 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 Uh, You'll give that to Patrick. Uh, How long did David Davis spend in Brussels on the first day of his Brexit talk? About half an hour. hour. Five minutes. Well, I th- well, I've got two hours. I think even that's too long, two hours. <laughs> I will give Jan more for half an hour. Um, what is the Great Repeal Bill actually called? Oh, Great uh, Withdrawal Bill. No. Nope. Something like that. European Union Brackets Withdrawal Bill. Well done, Patrick. Wow. I mean, some people say you should get a life, but that's... Uh, that's <laughs> <very good. laughs> um, uh, what is um, Donald Trump... What does Donald Trump want Theresa May to do before he visits the UK? Oh, isn't this get people to like him? Yes, that's, that's, that's absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> he wants, wants him to fix him a warm welcome uh, before he comes. Um, what did uh, Rebecca Long-Bailey... Uh, how does she describe Uber, the shadow business secretary? Um, as, well, meretricious and... Uh, what was it? It was immoral or something. Yeah, morally it? unacceptable. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Uh, which drink has been blamed for the cause of Theresa May's problems over the summer? 
Oh, Warm Prosecco. Very good, oh, Patrick. God. That's a man who knows his Warm Prosecco. Uh, uh, <laughs> who's the current Downing Street Chief of Staff? Gavin Barwell. Very good, Patrick. Sorry. <laughs> that is a get-a-life question. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it was the maiden speech of the woman who beat him. The, someone Jones, Sarah Jones, I think. And in her major speech, she said, I, I'm so happy that I was able to help Theresa May's staffing problems by <laughs> defeating Gavin Barwell. <laughs> um, how easy is it to drive a train, according to Philip Hammond? Oh, even a woman could do it. Even a woman could do it. Um, what did uh, Jeremy Corbyn give to Mich- uh, Michel Barnier when he visited Brussels? An Arsenal football shirt. Very good. Uh, which Tory MP used the N word when. Handedly oh, tried to describe Taunton, the, whatever her name the was. EU. Anne-Marie uh, Morris. Anne-Marie yeah. Morris is correct. Newton Abbott. Newton Abbott, oh, very Newton good. Abbott, yeah. It's all down there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can say that because I am from Taunton. Uh, what is the name of the Downing Street cat? Larry. Larry, very good. Jan. <laughs> yes, look at me and my political insights. <laughs> oh, this is good. This is Treasury the, cat. Uh, the, the newest uh, Conservative MEP, Rupert Matthews. What did he write a book on? UFOs and dinosaurs and all sorts of yeah. weird things like Go- that. Ghosts and aliens, very good. Uh, which Labour seat has got the highest Remain vote? Or which Labour MP's got the highest Remain vote in their seat? Which Labour MP's yeah. got the highest Remain vote? Go on, have it's, a guess. Um, Thangam Debonair. Nope. Is it another Bristol one? Nope. Oh. Nice easy one. Who's Diane the, Abbott. No, who's the most remainery? Jeremy Corbyn. No. <laughs> Chucker Ramuna uh-huh. and uh, fighting Stratum and finally who takes the bins out in oh p- um, Philip, May it's a boy job Larry. it's a boy job exactly right well I'll tot up those um, uh, in a minute just before um, we wind up what's your what's been your highlight of the year so far Whether highlight sort of, yeah or, or maybe low light what's the thing that when you look back on the 2017 so far oh, right. politically what does what sort of sticks in your mind as being I, I don't think I'll ever forget Theresa May's face on election night <laughs> I mean, from I, I mean, I just in Maidenhead felt, when she yes. Her I mean, I just thought she looked like she was going to. I don't mean that it was a a highlight, and as, as in I was sort of you know crowing about it. I just I just thought it was so sort of telling as a as a kind of what have I done? What terrible mistake have I made here? You know, I just thought it was it really sort of got got me. I kind of thought. Madam, you know, you've made a right mess here. <laughs> it makes you sort of feel like we've all had moments when you've done something and you just wish you could go back and change it, but yes. nothing quite as bad as <laughs> yes, calling phase, an election oh, that then goes yeah. horribly wrong and so public as yes. well. You can't sort of yes. just lock yourself away. Patrick? This year is still to match up to 2016. Can I do two quick highlights from that year? Go Very on good. then. Jeremy, Jeremy Corbyn sharing a press conference with half of UB40, not the good <laughs> half. That was wonderfully <laughs> surreal. And then beginning the press conference by saying to Mr UB40, so do you like classical music? <laughs> that was... And then also, um, I told you earlier about how I love the Fringe characters. And there's a guy called Michael Ellis from Northampton who uh, is coloured shirt, white, white collar gold type in slick you can imagine right, it, even if yes, you don't know got it. <laughs> and on budget day i saw him looking behind the speaker's chair through the pane of glass to wait for george osborne this was 2016 so he could open the door for osborne and he clearly thought osborne was coming and he flung open the door and did a small bow and it wasn't osborne it was someone else and at the moment that he was still prostrate osborne came through the other door and just walked past him without looking <laughs> and I, that's the thing i most love about my job it's not the big players yes. it, it's toady lickspittle and creep these desperate to please yes, backbenchers yes. And, and they give me more fun than anyone else. That's very funny. Peter, 
Well, it was a, an opportunity that uh, was my favourite moment. Well, my favourite moment of the past year would be the Michael Gove, Boris Johnson moment. Of course. Which, of course, was <laughs> just drama. Which and you, you did cannot... the, the cartoon which has been reproduced on the front of books and it's been yeah, reproduced again friend, and again yeah. of Gove stabbing Boris, but then also stabbing himself. Yeah, the, the blade goes the through. The blade goes through, yeah, yeah. himself. But those are the moments I like best because not only is the adrenaline up, but you can do a cartoon that doesn't need any caption, any words at all. It's just there as a visual yeah, thing. Brilliant. And the, the other one that I enjoyed on that level, uh, and it was a moment, uh, but I don't think we all saw it, uh, certainly not in the way that I drew it, and that was mm. May meeting Trump in the Oval Office because I had her holding out her hand in the normal way and he's holding out his hand, but it's, uh, shall we say, going down a little bit and wandering, if you see what I mean. And so it just gave me the chance to do something that was um, slightly risk- this is his, risque. This is grabbing. Uh, grabbing. Grabbing, yes, yes yeah, but yeah, not yeah. obviously no, doing it. No. But, uh, and, going and in that direction. Going yeah. in that direction, and just gave me the chance to show what his character was being, you know, uh, was being talked about as, and, uh, you know... And, of course, it was a famous meeting anyway when she invited him, and uh, he hasn't come. <laughs> yes, no, we still, we're Another, now told it's next year rather uh, yeah, than this year. Well, but I yes. think that's just how calendars work. Yeah. And then next year it'll be the year <laughs> yeah. after. The year. <laughs> Do we, are we in a sort of... Is this a particularly good time to be doing sending up... Poly- are there lots of big yeah. characters? Yeah. or yeah. Because there is a sort of... When everyone talks about who's going to be the next Tory, Tory lead or whatever, actually the, the, the lack of... Big personalities. I think, seems I to think come it's up, kind right? of, it's kind of gone in a in in a more productive direction from that point of view. I remember a few years ago we were all saying political figures had become so bland. You know, there was Cameron and Blair and Osborne and Clegg, and they all kind of looked the same. And certainly when we were doing Dead Ringers on the telly, if a bloke got dressed up as any of those figures. It was difficult to make <laughs> yes. any to, difference between them. Blue or yellow tie on I mean, I, and I remember a uh, sort of previous, slightly previous to that, there was like Harriet Harman, Jackie Smith, and Tessa Jowell, and they all would have the red suit and the helmet haircut, <laughs> and uh, all everybody was starting to look the same. And you know, for, from a female point of view, I was sort of saying, you know, there, we used to have Anne Widdicombe, yeah. you know, uh, with her, who was always known as a conviction politician because she wanted to convict as many people as possible. <laughs> and, uh, and Claire Shaw, too, uh, always talked uh, like uh, Tony Blair, the Prime Minister, had wired her jaw together. <laughs> so she didn't make any more indiscreet remarks about Iraq. But I used to sort of say, you know, those people would never even get selected, let alone elected, yeah. because, you know, now you have yeah. to be more bland. Well, there seems to have been a bit of a change in that, whereas now you have started to get more characters. Mm. People do seem to have a bit... I mean, I suppose you you just have to give them characters. Obviously, there's Boris, who's a sort of... You know, Mm. like Trump is a sort of joke in himself. Mm. But people like David Davis, like the the Dead Mm. Ringers, you know, the Brexit bulldog, you know, you make a character of him. You you create this kind of Mm. blustering guy that looks like he should be propping up the bar at the golf club instead of (laughs) negotiating (laughs) the most important, uh, you know, contract of of Mm. several generations. We don't get enough Boris. 
And I think mm. this was one of the problems for May in the election, mm. that he was only unleashed in Darlington two days before the election. Yes, he was kept... Yeah. kept well, hidden. Whereas the, the referendum, again, for whatever you think about his, his politics, Boris is a sunshine politician, he's, he's yes. an optimist. And a lot of people like that. And in the referendum, he went round not saying how bad the European Union was, but how great being out was. Even though, I remember there was one, he was driving a truck and um, his advisor said, it's okay, he's just going to sit there to post for photos, he's not going to turn the engine on. (laughs) (laughs) He's not going to drive the truck, he's not, oh shit, he's driving the truck! (laughs) And I love the fact you never know what's going to happen with Boris. And with Theresa May, you know exactly what's going to happen. She's going to well, say over and over yeah. again. What just, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure you never know what's going to happen with the foreign secretary, as I said uh, <laughs> no. what we want for the country. And also, he did lie about Brexit. You know, he yeah, did, God, t- he did tell lies. But very optimistic so lies. They were well, very I, I don't, positive you, lies. I, I can't allow that, I'm afraid. I don't yeah. think that's optimistic, yeah. just a lie. Apart, apart from Anne Widdicombe, who else would you, who else did you like doing who isn't on the scene that... I, I used to I used to like doing um, Hazel Blears actually. And I don't know what's happened to Hazel Blears, but you know, um, um, she, and she I think was the first person that, to to use the phrase um, ordinary working families, ordinary working families, working families, working families. You know, she, she'd be saying that all the time, and and she used to she had the sort of those those dark thin lips and the, and the very short hair, and she used to look like the sort of the, the Joker's more attractive younger sister. Um, and uh, you know, and she, she would go out and defend anything. I remember years yeah. and years and years ago working, covering a. She was doing the sort of Sunday morning program yes. rounds, and for some, for some John Prescott was in the papers again for something, yes. and she was sort of sent out, sort of dead battle. Yes. And she, she was told, you know, the, gov- the Labour government's in a mess, isn't it? John Prescott's an embarrassment. And her response was, word for word, well, sometimes there are things in newspapers that are there for stories, and she just said it, just sort of factually, and that was it. No more questions. Um, that's it. That's precisely what the newspaper is. Now. Yes, that's not yes. the answer, but she's just sort of said these these in that very new Labour way, just plain yes. statements. Which, this is my plain speaking way of talking, and yes, and that's the end from of the matter. motorbike now. Yeah. Is yeah. there anybody? She you, was no. no I'm just on that, that the motorbike thing. I remember Keith Hill, who was a transport minister. She asked a question about that, and he was trying to placate her. He said, "Of course, that's why everyone in the Labour Party knows her as Blizz the bike." And then he looks sun. Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't mean how that comes across. <laughs> Peter, is there anyone that you you wish you could still be drawing? Um, do you know, I think, as Jan said, I mean, we do have a really good number of characters at the moment. And uh, I think, uh, even though I enjoyed drawing Theresa May and she's not a character, she's completely the opposite. The others, I mean, apart from Boris... Uh, uh, you Hammond know, it, must be a great one oh, to draw, Hammond's that good. sort of hangdog Yes, kind right, of... hangdog, funereal yes. sort of, uh, you know, sort of bleak type of characters uh, but there aren't too many I mean Labour front bench is terrible you know I mean, who do you know yeah, apart from we could have done a whole John, quiss on just naming the Labour front bench but I'm not well, sure John, very high also, I mean Diane Abbott of course and John McDonnell are, are, are very good to draw apart from Corbyn himself I mean abroad it's great as well I mean apart from at one stage it used to be just mainly Merkel and uh, you know you'd rely on to be able to because Hollande was Okay, you draw him, but it's nothing very exciting. But Macron seems to have actually stirred a, yeah. know, a good hornet's nest, and sort of uh, could be so ego-driven that you know he will be fun to draw if it carries on like that. P- putting on a military uniform, having never been yes, in the military, is yes, quite, yes, quite oh, something. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so there are all those sort of things, and uh, you know, but uh, you've got King Kim Jong Un in North Korea, brilliant. 
brilliant <laughs> have that sort of rule. If the one good thing he's giving the world is yeah, that he's it, good for cartoons. Yeah, yeah. Good for cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. He, he destroys us all. Terrible mm. for the world. But. I quite like uh, Christine Lagarde too, because Christine Lagarde is, you know, she sort of looks like an ageing rock drummer, but, uh, <laughs> you know, she's actually very cool and chic, you know, and, uh, you know, she has that sort of uh, very groomed kind of look. And I like to imagine her and Merkel, you know, kind of chatting in the bar after the summit, you know, and Merkel's there going, you know, don't don't talk to me about it, you know, I just give them the look, you know. <laughs> don't mess with the Merkelmeister. And Christine sort of, you know, kind of suit by Chanel, bag by Hermes, perfect derriere, model zone, you know. She's like <laughs> very... And do you think because sort of political engagement and interest after Brexit and the general election that people know characters like Christine Lagarde or... I, I, John McDonnell in a well, way that they might think, not I, have I believe that if they don't, we should tell them. Yeah. You know, I, I, I did picture a programme idea once where one of the things that we were talking about was Merkel and Lagarde. And this particular television executive said, uh, I, I'm, I'm just a bit worried that Eileen in Leeds won't know uh, who, who Merkel and Lagarde are. To which my answer is, then we should tell them. Mm. You know, mm. a, a, it's, I mean, it's, yeah. it's wrong on all sorts of levels yeah. that, you know, um, and I don't need to go into that. But... If, if people don't know who, who they are, then if you present them in a comic way... I mean, when, we, when we were doing Dead Ringers on the telly, lots of teenage boys used to like it. And I would do, you know, my, my Kirsty, you know, welcome to New Year's Night, I'm Kirsty Ward. They tried to make me go to rehab. I said, no, 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 more on that story later. You know, and we'd sort of give her silly song titles. And I mean, and, and they would say, oh, we love Kirsty Ward. They'd never watch Newsnight. Yeah. It didn't matter because the character was funny. And I'm, I'm sure that can happen too with, with cartoonists. You know, you, you, you create a funny, uh, a funny character and it has its own life. And then they go, oh, I see. And people start joining the dots. Mm. So, you know, comedy and satire can, it can be a, a fun way of, of learning about politics and just making, making yeah. people more aware. Patrick, Jacob Rees-Mogg is almost entirely a creation of sketch writers, isn't he? Now he's second favourite to be the next Prime Minister. Him and John Burko, I think, yeah. have all been built up. I love Jacob Rees-Mogg, the MP for Fusty-upon-Tweed, as I like to call him. <laughs> he is, um, although I'm very worried what's going to happen, Burko has changed the dress code. They now don't have to wear ties in the chamber. I can only see this ending up with Jacob Rees-Mogg wearing a single-breasted suit or brown <laughs> shoes, perhaps. Um, no, he's, he's brilliant because he plays up to the parody. He can't become leader, of course, but he, he would make a brilliant speaker. We've all heard the phrase, he can't become leader, of course. <laughs> yes. About this time two years ago, I think we were having that conversation, and look, um, look how that ended up. Yeah. Listen, thank you so much for coming in. Um, just on the uh, quiz, Peter, I'm afraid you only got two. Uh, Jan, oh, no, Peter, yeah, you, Jan, you got uh, three, and Patrick, you got nine. So you win the uh, Get a Life Award uh, for the end of term uh, quiz Redbox. Jan, you are in Edinburgh this August. I am. How can people see you? From August the 2nd at the Gilded Balloon. If you you Google Jan Raven's Gilded Balloon, uh, my show's called Difficult Woman. Uh, You'll be not surprised to hear. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's it's about... politics obviously there's lots of impressions but it's also sort of about me and about being a woman in your 50s if you're not a world leader but also about the fact that there is this kind of tide in the affairs of women where there are very many more women in power and lots more people for me to take the piss out of so hurrah (laughs) very good and obviously you can see uh peter not every day most days in the times yeah and uh patrick um as well 
Well, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for this week and for the summer. I'm off on holiday with the producer Alex. We'll be back in September when we'll be picking up the return of the Parliament and heading into the conference season. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and your Android device so the next episode will appear as if by magic. And if you haven't done already, subscribe to my morning email at thetimes.co.uk forward slash red box and that will arrive in your inbox when I return from my sun lounger. But for now, from Jan Ravens, Patrick Kidd, Peter Brooks and me, Matt Chorley, it's goodbye. Thank you for downloading. To discover more, head to thetimes.co.uk. This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.